What's going on, y'all? It's your host, CJ. Welcome back to I Thought I Told You. Back with another episode from the Generation of Silence segment. And it's most certainly been a while. It's definitely been a while before, um, since the last time I released an episode from the Generation of Silence uh, regarding child abuse, child sexual abuse, especially in the, in the black family household. But we're back again. And I will be releasing more episodes from the Generation of Silence segment every Friday, so definitely be on the lookout for that. Check it out. All right, so I want to I wanna jump right into it. I don't know if you guys checked out my previous episodes, but if not, you can check them out. I'm on iTunes at I Thought I Told You. I'm on Blog Talk Radio at I Thought I Told You, Anchor.fm, and I'm on Spreaker. But in my previous episodes for my Generation of Silence segment, I spoke on society's, uh, you know, perception of of child sexual abuse. And I also talked about the predators that we keep, you know, and then about 90% of them are people who we know. They're within our family, they're family, friends. So I talked about that. But I kind of wanted to get into the stages of ending the cycle of abuse, and, and just kind of get into that. Um, what sparked this discussion, what sparked this episode, ironically, was the whole R. Kelly debacle, which happened about, what, early this year? You know, everything came out about him and with allegations of, you know, abuse with the girls. And, you know, and honestly, it's really been no secret with R. Kelly, you know. Um, it's been going on for years, but I guess nobody really knew the severity of it. And so, you know, when everything came out, um, it just, everything was just out on, on Front Street. But anywho, um, this sparked a debate and discussion between me and a friend of mine we had, and it was about hurt people that hurt people. And it was known, or it's been out there that R. Kelly was a victim of child abuse himself. Um, and there's this article that I read in GQ magazine that he did an interview, I think it was about, about 2016. He did an interview with GQ, GQ magazine a few years back, and they were asking him about, you know, the Bill Cosby situation, and he gave his take on that. But he also mentioned, he also began to speak about his own abuse. He began to speak about him being sexually abused as a child from the age of seven to around about 14, 15 years old, by a a female blood relative of his. And he also spoke on forgiveness and how he forgave her. And he kind of spoke on, like, this perspective of acknowledging, you know, what was done to her, you know, when she was abused when she was younger, and also speaking about it being a generational curse that he felt he needed to break. And so I brought that up because, well, one, it's, you know, a lot of times, a lot of abuse experienced in family households is generational. And so when he, when he mentioned that, it kind of, you know, me and my friend, we had that debate going back to hurt people, hurt people. R. Kelly, being the victim himself, you know, obviously was one of those hurt people that hurt people. And now let me kind of make this clear. I'm no way or means am I defending or advocating for R. Kelly or, 
nothing like that. I'm just, you know, merely bringing up um, his situation for the purposes. But he did mention that, though. He, he brought that up uh, about, you know, uh, about his abuse when he was younger. And so, yes, hurt people do hurt people. A lot of times when you are a victim of abuse, um, especially as a child, you are susceptible to or a higher risk to abusing others. Now, is that always going to be the case? It's not necessarily a cause and effect thing. It's not, you know, you're just at a higher risk. It's not necessarily, oh, well, you were abused when you were a child, so you're going to do this, you know, and you get older when you're an adult. No, it's not cause and effect. You're just at a higher risk, yes, but. So, and, you know, with, with R. Kelly's situation, him being kind of sort of like that prime example. One of the things I find that when a person that's ready to get to that point or at that level where they're wanting to face their traumas and face this abuse and and, and at the beginning stages of wanting to heal, which is one of the key steps of uh, ending that cycle. It starts with self. It starts with us. It starts with... Um, us the victim slash survivor and so I found that when that happens you're often met with a lot of pushback you know and when you finally get to that point where you disclose when you get that courage to open up and tell someone hey this is what's happened to me this is what's going on especially when you're a child and you know um I can kind of speak from my own experience but you know as a child survivor of 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 sexual abuse and so you kind of get met with some pushback. Let's be real. It's not It's not always going to be easy when you do open up and disclose. And some of the more common pushbacks and common, dis, uh, you know, sayings and disclosures you may get from it could be family, friends, or whoever. Um, there's usually like, probably like three of them that I know for a fact that you often hear often or maybe you've heard it or somebody you know. And I probably say the first one is they try to minimize it. You know, they, they minimize the abuse, saying stuff like, well, at least such and such didn't do this, or they didn't, it could have been worse. They didn't do this, or at least it only happened that one time. And just basically minimize it. And in that person's eyes, the severity determines whether you are the victim or not. So it's like they base that whole, well, it could have been worse, or at least they didn't do that, or this, you know. They base it all around whether you kind of in their eyes decide whether you're a victim or not to them. And I've definitely heard that. Secondly, they blame, um, which is one of the most common responses. They blame, you get blamed for being too fast, being too grown, or you wearing this, or don't be wearing these skirts around these men or whoever. Now, for those of you who don't know, being too fast, being too grown. It's kind of like a, it's a country saying, we kind of say in the South, um, being too fast or grown is equate to being promiscuous. So they kind of blame the victim or the child for seducing the predator. <laughs> so, you know, basically accusing the child of, I guess, seducing them. And that's definitely another common one. And then, like, you know, the third one, which is 
especially common is, is the pressure to move on, get over it. You need to move on from that. You need to get over that. I've, you know, in my experience as a profession, from a professional, I've definitely seen that amongst, amongst some of the clients that I've helped. This pressure to move on and get over it. Um, and a lot of that can come from, A, they, they don't want to believe. They definitely don't want to believe, you know, the child or the victim. B, there's some minimal, minimalizing in that as well. Oh, well, it only did this, and that's that. That only happened. And so there's this pressure to move on. A lot of times when we disclose and tell somebody about it, we're wanting that support, you know. And it may not be coming in the form that how we want it, and you, we're going to get possibly get these pushbacks and get these responses. So that pressure to move on and get over it is definitely one of them. And... Once we kind of got that, you know, at that point of ready to disclose and you disclose and you do get those pushback. One of the key things I probably say at the top of the list as a step to ending the cycle, which is obviously number one is everything starts with us. But one of the key things in terms of when we are at that stage of wanting to heal and, and, and face our childhood trauma is therapy. Therapy, therapy, therapy. Listen, <laughs> if I was president today, I'll, I'll make therapy mandatory for everybody, just just straight up off the bat. But at the same time, I acknowledge therapy is not going to be everybody's cup of tea. But it is one of the more traditional ways of helping you unpack. You know, you're able to kind of unpack a lot of that emotional baggage that you've been carrying around. Even when you don't have that support, you're able to unpack with therapy. And then there's all different types of therapy. You have talk therapy, psychotherapy, group therapy, family therapy, couples therapy. If you're in a relationship, you know, especially, you know, couples therapy in your relationship and, and you, you're carrying that weight, that baggage of of that abuse, um, you're able to unpack that with your spouse. So there's all types of therapy. And then you can kind of delve into one that you see fit. I've had my share of group therapy, uh, individual talk therapy. Um, so it, it it all depends on what's your cup of tea and then finding the right therapist. For me, I you know, I've had, you know, you, having both the group and talk therapy. I think group helps if you at that level of comfort of being amongst others that share that same, you know, you know, a lot of a lot of times that you guys have that same amongst others that have also been abused and victims of childhood sexual abuse. You're at that level of comfort or disclosure, and I think that helps with group. That may not be everybody's cup of tea. You may not you're like, oh no, I don't want to share in front of everybody. And then there you go. You can have one-on-one talk therapy, which has helped me out a lot too. Um, I know group therapy came in handy. You know, when I first disclosed it as as a teen. When it came out, well, the judge kind of ordered me to, to attend the group therapy. And so I, I didn't really speak much at the time, because at the time I dealt with a lot of shame. And I, I I almost disassociated from, you know, what happened to me. So I didn't really speak that much when I did go to group therapy, you know, as a teenager. And it was court-ordered. And so, but I, you know, observe and listen to the other girls and they hear their stories. 
But as an adult, you know, really actually dealing with it, because I didn't deal with it as a teen. I didn't really deal with it till I was an adult. I felt more comfortable with disclosing. So group therapy, yes. Um, so therapy, again, you're, you're able to unpack. One of the great things about therapy is self-awareness. You may not be, okay, let's say you're at the point like, okay, I know I need help, but you may not be at that level of self-awareness, and, and therapy brings that out of you. And once you're able, you you reach that level of self-awareness, self-awareness is like that key that unlocks our own Pandora box. And you never know, you never know what you might find at the root of that trauma. And, and self-awareness opens up, it unlocks everything. You're able to you're able to be objective, you're able to, you know, you know, see your thoughts and understand your thoughts and why you think this way, your patterns, your habits, behaviors, and everything, and like I said, it gets back to being objective, objective to, or if you may get to that level of the objectivity of not just yourself, but the predator, the abuser, now that's a whole different discussion, um, you're able to recognize you know, we're able to recognize the triggers and emotions from the past, and especially um, when you're in a relationship. So therapy definitely unpacks a lot of that. Um, I would say the next one, you know, get more into the healing aspect and, and addressing it more so than the, the ending the cycle, but the cycle starts with us. So it it begins with us. I would say journaling. Journaling has definitely been my go-to. I'm able to write down all my thoughts, emotions, feelings, and, and really get all of that out. It's like, it, it's like when you, you, <laughs> you, you find a releasing toxins that's been sitting in for a while. And so journaling has definitely been my go-to. If not journaling, people delve into a lot of um, artistic ways. People paint, they dance, you know, music, what have you, whatever floats your boat. And so once you're there, you get to that level of understanding and you follow up with a lot of self-reflecting. And then a lot of that stuff takes maintenance and takes work. It's not going to happen overnight. It takes that time. And then you get to the level of forgiveness. And I'm going to speak on forgiveness in a later episode because that, that's huge. But forgiveness is, is, is definitely a key to, and you know what, I'm going to be honest with you, maybe not everyone is at that stage of forgiveness, but it, it definitely unlocks a lot of things. And forgiveness is definitely one of the stages I, I, I could tell I kind of avoided for a while, but it was very important to my healing and being able to heal and and. and, and overcome or get through that but I'm gonna save that for another episode so when it comes to ending that cycle it starts with us like I said we have therapy which unlocks self-awareness which unlocks our objectivity and you have the journaling if journaling is your thing you know music artistry but I would say if you're a parent and I'm not a parent but I do have a parent and drawing from my own personal experience. And if you are a parent that has had a history of child 
you know, childhood sexual abuse and trauma. I would say having those boundaries and and acknowledging your triggers, especially, you know, when you're dealing with your own child, um, which is which is key. And so I'm not gonna delve too too much deep into that, but boundaries, um, when it comes to boundaries not being able, I guess as a parent, you don't want to repeat that cycle. So when you acknowledge your triggers, you're able to kind of see what comes up. You're like, man, why am I reacting to this emotionally? And you're able to kind of calm and, and, and address it. And then boundaries, you set those clear boundaries with your child and whatnot. And so, and and, and that kind of also like parents and whatnot and that were themselves victims of child abuse and uh, sexual abuse so with that i'm going to wrap things up and um i hope you guys have a great rest of your day i wish you guys nothing but love and light peace and i'm out